a moment of power. It's time for a Moment of Power podcast with Pastor Johnny Henderson, being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. We are the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church. We are the little church with a big heart. Amen? But don't get it twisted. Because God we serve is a big God. Amen? He can do all things, even through even through a small congregation. God does. He does the, the miraculous, the above 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 what we can imagine or even think. Amen. Amen. And so we welcome you today to Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church. Can we show our visitors some love, Little Zion? Ephesians chapter one, verse three. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Uh, it reads, I'm reading the NIV, it's on the screen as well. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Let the church say, that's a big deal. Yes. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, verse 5 says, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood. That's good news. The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. You see that? Lavished. On us. That he lavished on us, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Verse 11, in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we, who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you, Paul says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. I want verses 6 and 7. I want to use that for our focus this morning to drive the sermon. Verse 6 says, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him, we have redemption through his blood. And forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. I want to use as a simple topic this morning, just for a few minutes. This is more than I bargained for. This is more than I bargained for. You may be seated if you will. This is more than I bargained for. We all love a good bargain. 
A bargain is simply an advantage you get when you purchase something. If you'll tell the truth, those of you that will, when you went shopping on Black Friday, you probably bought a TV you didn't need because it was a good bargain at 40% off. It's okay to tell yourself. I won't tell you about it. And this is our secret. I submit to you this morning, y'all, that, that sometimes a bargain often exceeds your expectations. I also submit to you this morning that when Jesus Christ came into your life, I will submit to you this morning, when he came into your life by way of salvation, it was more than you could have bargained for. This is what the text reveals today. Uh, this is the giving season. This is also the season of expectation. When God sent Jesus into the world, he did so for the purpose of saving his people. This is what the Advent season is all about. It is about the, the coming or the arrival of Jesus Christ. Preparation and celebration of the coming of Jesus Christ, his birth at, at Christmas time. But it's also a time to celebrate new life when someone accepts Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. When we think about Advent and when we think about the coming of Jesus, it, it, it gives us hope. It gives the believer hope. This is why Isaiah 9, verse 2, and also verses 6 and 7, it says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. But the prophecy goes on to reveal for us, for to us, a child is born. To us, or the King James, or unto us a son is given, and the government shall or will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. The text goes on to say, He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and for him forever. The seal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Isaiah, this prophetic word that Isaiah released, he's saying this. Jesus is going to be the hope of the world. Jesus is the hope of the world. But it also means preparation. This is the second Sunday of Advent. Advent, this is preparation, y'all. The people of Israel, the Israelites, they were told for the prophet Isaiah to prepare for the coming of Jesus. Prophecy was announced and it, it is going to come to pass. In Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3 through 5, he told the people to prepare themselves for the coming of Jesus. He said, The voice of one calling in the, in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall be made level, the rugged places plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see it together. Amen. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Yeah. If I can get right into our text, y'all, we, we find ourselves this morning in the opening of Paul's letter to the Ephesians. And Paul writes this letter while he is still in prison. Maybe while he is in jail in Rome. These opening verses here, Paul Paul admonishes or exhorts us to celebrate 
these blessings that God has given us. This letter is intended for wide readership. It's not just for the church at Ephesus. Paul is essentially saying there are some things that you should know about. There are some things, Paul said, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you a friendly reminder. I want to put some things on your heart. I want you to write these down. There are some things I'm going to write to you that you should know about. There are some spiritual blessings that you should keep in mind, Paul is saying. And what he does here is he's celebrating God's plan of redemption for all people. This is what I, this is why I call it, this is more than you can bargain for. The main idea here is that you are blessed. Amen. You are blessed. More than, more than beyond or beyond physical things, beyond possessions. Paul is saying it's not just a matter of who you are in Christ Jesus, but it's also a matter of giving God praise for the spiritual blessings that he has bestowed upon us. Amen. In other words, Paul is saying you got more than you can imagine with Jesus Christ. You only, you only came for salvation, but you got more than that. You got a whole lot more than that. And as I said, this is the giving season. I want you to know this morning, church, that God had us on his mind when he gave us his son, Jesus. That's, that's good news. That's why we celebrate uh, the coming of Jesus Christ. It, it is a reminder that God had us on his mind. That's good news this morning. And there are some things that God has given us. We talk about generosity. He has given us some blessings, some spiritual blessings out of the depths of his generosity. I don't think you heard me. Out of the depths of his generosity. I want you to know God is not a shallow God. He, he, we often talk about uh, you can't be God given. God has given us more than we can imagine. I want to just run down this list. There are some things that God has given us this morning that we ought to give God praise for us. For number one, God has given us his divine favor. His divine favor. I want to get right into this text. Not a whole lot of folk. But number one, he has given us his divine favor. God has blessed us with. We are the recipients or beneficiaries of his divine favor. In other words, you have been chosen by God. You have been chosen to receive uh, spiritual blessings from the heavenly realms, as Paul said. That's a lot to be thankful for. We just sang that song, Be Grateful. That's a lot to be grateful for. The very first thing he tells the church is that they are a chosen people. Says verse 3, praise be to God, to the God of God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. But verse 4, for he chose us. He's just not, he's not just talking to Ephesus, he's talking to all of you here in Little Zion this morning. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, verse 5, he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will and to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. I love that word freely. It shows God's generosity. It shows that God cares about us, that he loves us. And I like how Paul words this. He says God chose us. We didn't choose him. That's good. God already chose us. 
We didn't choose him. God did not choose us because we are holy and blameless, but God chose us that we might become holy and blameless. That's critical, y'all. Because if it was up to me, he would have walked right past me. This is critical. Look at it this way. God chose you in spite of you. He chose me in spite of me. He chose us in spite of us. That's, that's divine favor right there. He, he chose us because we are special in his eyes. That's what it's all about. When we accept or, or accept it, Jesus, I want to say accept because there may be some that's not saved yet. So when we accept or accept it as past and present tense, Jesus is our Savior and Redeemer. We accepted God's offer to make us holy and blameless. And so God just, he set his love upon us. He set his affections on us. And God chose us way before we knew anything about him. He, he chose us way before we came into existence. What, what does that mean? It, I want to say that does not mean that some are chosen to be lost and some are chosen to be saved. The reality is God wants everyone to be saved. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 3 and 4. This is good and pleases God our Savior who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. God wants everybody to be saved. So if someone is lost or not saved, it's not because they have been predestined to go to hell. It's because they have yet to to come to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ says, come unto me and I will give you rest. Amen. Amen. It means a couple things for us. Being chosen by God means something for us. Is one. It means we are predestined. What does that mean? We are not only are we, are we chosen, but we are also predestined. Oh, this is a little bit of doctrinal preaching this morning. A little bit of doctrinal preaching. Uh, we, we are predestined to become his very own children, his sons and daughters. You are one of God's sons or daughters this morning. Verse 5 says he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. Predestination, this is what God does for us. He says for Romans 8, 29 says those whom he foreknew, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, God wants us to, he, he predestined to conform us to make us more like his son, Jesus. Uh, then that means that I have been chosen by God. I love what he tells the prophet Jeremiah. He says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. But I don't know if you know it or not, but God knew you. And he knew his plans for you before you were brought into this world. Isn't that good news this morning? It's good news that God had God already had you on his mind before you even knew what was going on. Before your mom and dad even got together, God had you on his mind. Amen. So God predestined us to be uh, sons and daughters. Paul says we were chosen by him to be Holy and blameless, a direct representative of God. But this divine favor, this predestination that Paul talks about, it leads us into covenant, what I'll call covenant family. Because we are chosen by God, we have been adopted into covenant family with God. 
Isn't it good to be called a son or daughter of God? Verse 5 says, He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. Paul says we have been adopted to sonship. It's another one of those doctrines that simply means that when God chose us, we became part of the family of God. We're all one family. And God is our Father. Amen. God, God, He is the head of the household, if you will. God wanted us. God wanted us to be a part of this family. His, his sons and daughters. Not, we're not strangers to God. We're not, uh, friends of God. We are, per se, we are sons and daughters of God. Amen. So when you said yes to Jesus Christ, when you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you became adopted into the family of God. Amen. He wants everyone to be saved and not perish. This is why I love John 3.16 so much it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But verse 17 goes on to say, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God wants all of us to be his sons and daughters this morning. But Jesus goes on to say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Isn't it good this morning? We can give God praise for being a chosen people. I stand to tell you today, you are blessed today because you are chosen by God. You want to talk about blessed and highly favored? That's what it means to be blessed as high and highly favored. That's more than just a cliche, y'all. You are blessed and highly favored. Look at it this way. The world may see you as just another citizen. The world may see you as just another number in the population. The world may see you as just another statistic. The world may see you as just another average Joe or plain Jane. But God sees you as a special somebody this morning. That's the way God looks at you. He sees you as a special somebody. You are somebody in the eyes of God. Amen. It doesn't matter what the world thinks. It's already settled in the heart and mind of God. That's more than I bargained for because I am a recipient of his divine favor. More than I bargained for. Divine favor. Chosen, predestined, covenant family. I'm a son, you're a daughter, you're a son, a daughter of God. That's good news. You are somebody in God. God knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. But certainly, we have the benefit of His generous grace. God, in all His goodness, is generous with this grace. That's good. We experience His grace, y'all. Uh, the most through salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, when Jesus died on the cross, it was the ultimate expression of God's grace and mercy toward us. Paul says we have been redeemed. Because of that, we have redemption through Jesus Christ. That's what I would call generosity of God's grace. The old song says, I am redeemed, bought with a price. Jesus has changed my whole life. If anybody asks you, just who I am, tell them I am redeemed. 
great thing. That's generosity of God's grace. Paul says in verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood. Anybody, y'all say, I am redeemed. I am redeemed. He says, I once was deep in sin, but now I'm saved by God's grace. Amen. That old song says, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved the rest like me. We have, we have redemption through this blood of Jesus Christ. It's always, always through the blood. There's no other way to be redeemed except through the blood of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you about the blood? Yeah. This blood. It, it, it's not just another liquid. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. It, it is sanctified blood. It is precious blood. Amen. Amen. The blood that was shed on Calvary. Uh-huh. On that old rugged cross. Uh-huh. That's the blood we're talking about today. When, when they hung him high on that cross and they, they put the crown of thorns on his head, that, that blood that was streaming down, that's the blood that redeemed us. Amen. But when they pierced him in the side and blood comes rushing out of his body, that's the blood that redeems us. Amen. This is the blood that Paul talks about this morning. Not just some ordinary blood. Uh, just Hebrews 9.22 makes it clear. Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. That blood, you're blessed today because redemption set you free from, from sin by way of the blood that was shed on that old hill called Calvary. That old hill called Golgotha, Jesus Christ paid the ultimate price for you to be redeemed. I want to say that's more than I can bargain for. That, that, that's more than I, that old hill, that old rugged cross, that, that's where the blood was shed. And you're, you're sitting here looking at me, you're, I'm standing here looking at you all because of that blood that was shed on that old rugged cross. Amen. Paul says we are redeemed in him. We have, not in me, not in Johnny, but in Jesus. We have redemption. Jesus paid the ultimate price. I submit to you that's more than any of us could have bargained for. But not only is there redemption, but God's grace includes his forgiveness. If I had to rank them, if I had to rank these blessings, I would probably put that at the top. We are forgiven of our sins. He says in verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. This word forgiveness, it means to, to bear away or to carry away. We, we spent too much talking about this in Bible study. You all should know the definition of it. Amen. Amen. We ought to give God thanks for forgiveness. Because this forgiveness is linked to the redemption. It's it's a total package. We have forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And I love in Mark chapter 2 when that paralytic was lowered down to the roof by his friends. He came to get a physical healing, but Jesus simply told him, Son, your sins are forgiven. Even though that man was paralyzed, Jesus demonstrated that the forgiveness of his sin was far greater than his physical healing. That's good news for us today because I may not be in the perfect condition physically, but God has already forgiven my sins. I'm redeemed, you're redeemed, forgiven. But Paul says, 
uh, this, this forgiveness of sin is part of these spiritual blessings that you ought to give God praise for. He says you ought to uh, praise God for every blessing. That's what Paul says. Don't forget about this one, that one, and the other. Chosen, uh, redeemed, forgiven. But then Paul goes on to say there is an abundance of grace. Paul says in verse 8 that the riches of God's grace in verse 8 he says that God's lavished on us. I don't know about you, but every time I get on my knees and pray to God, I, I simply thank him for his grace and mercy. I thank him for his, his, his unmerited favor that, that I didn't deserve it. But he gives it to me day after day. Is that your testimony this morning? He didn't have to do it, but he did it. It, it, there was nothing I could do. My, I'm not saved by my works. There's no work I can do to be saved, but God's grace alone is what allows it to happen. It, it was God's grace that sent Christ to accomplish our redemption. It was God's grace that sent Christ to accomplish and forgive us of sins. We, we owe it all to God. We owe it all to the riches of His grace. We owe it all to this lavish grace that He continues to give us. Day after day, Paul says it was lavished on us. He, he, he just slapped it on us, a heavy coat of it, if you will. You can sense Paul's joy in this text. And that same joy ought to be expressed by all of us. Because it's more than what we can ever bargain for. And so, the blessings that Paul is talking about this morning, his, his divine favor, his generous grace, and here's the last thing that comes with this text. I'm not preaching long today. But this spiritual blessing that Paul talks about is what I would call divine approval. Divine approval. On top of all the blessings, Paul listens to this text. He goes on to tell us that the Holy Spirit is the guaranteed blessing of our identity in Christ. When you confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, God signed, sealed, and delivered His Holy Spirit. In other words, He approved you to receive all that He has to offer. You can't bargain that, y'all. But here's what it does. Salvation sealed the deal. Here's what I love about it. There. Salvation sealed the deal. When you got saved, there was a deal. You receive that divine approval. You receive that redemption, that forgiveness. But this this divine approval that Paul talks about, I, I want to give it to you like this: that there was no probationary period. You know how you start a new job and you you have this ninety day probationary period. Uh, God doesn't God doesn't put you on a probationary period. That, there's no you don't know, you don't have to meet certain qualifications for this divine approval. Uh, there, there's no trial offer that you have to uh, you have to sign up for where you pay one dollar for the first month, then regular price for the rest of the script. That's not how God works. No sir, no ma'am. Salvation sealed the deal, and you immediately qualify for God's approval. Isn't that good news this morning? There's no monthly installment. There's no uh, subscription-based salvation. Uh, it's simply a confession and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ and you have uh, 
Guaranteed deposit of God's Holy Spirit. Paul says in verse 13 and 14, and you also were included. That's good news because it's not just emphasis, it's all of us. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth. The gospel of your salvation. When you believe, you were marked in him with the seal. He says, when you believe, not when you made a down payment or when you made your monthly payments, when you believe, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Who is it that a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. I want to suggest to you this morning, the Holy Spirit is a critical part of our journey. Amen. The seal of the Holy Spirit, y'all, this, this is evidence that God makes you one of his own. The Holy Spirit is what helps us to sense God's love for us. Amen. Paul says in Romans 5, verse 5, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That is the evidence of God's love for us. The Holy Spirit reassures us that God has adopted us as his children. Then Paul goes on in Romans 8, 16, the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. God, God gives us his divine approval through his Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit constantly reminds us that we are God's child, that we are entitled to his riches and goodness now and forever. It's, it's, it's good for eternity. On this side and on the other side. Amen. This, this is why David says in Psalm 23, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It, it's not just good on this side, but it's good when we get to heaven as well. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In other words, God would never let you forget that you belong to him. In other words, God won't let you forget that you are a special somebody. God won't let you forget it. And when Jesus ascended back to heaven, it was the Holy Spirit that stood in his place. The Holy Spirit came so that God could be within his followers after Jesus Christ returned to heaven. So not only does the Holy Spirit validate our approval from God, but the presence of the Holy Spirit guarantees the promise of God and the fact that we are promised the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah. Paul refers to this Holy Spirit as promised because it had already been spoken of before. Yeah, yeah. John 14 through 16, Jesus spoke of the presence of the Holy Spirit and he was seeing it as well. He told the disciples, it is for your benefit that I go away because if I don't go away, the counselor will not come to you. If I go, I will send him to you. In other words, y'all, you, you, you are promised the ever-present companionship of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you are never alone. You may not be anybody around you. you. You may be always by yourself, but the reality of, the, reality of it is you have God's presence in you and with you. Amen? But Paul says the Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our final inheritance. It simply means that the Holy Spirit guides us until God calls us home. The Holy Spirit will be with us until God takes us home 
to heaven. I love it. Paul says in verse 14, it is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession. The power of the Spirit is the power in and of our lives, y'all. This is good news because uh, it'll never go away. It's a guarantee. It, it is, it's not a trial offer. It is a guarantee. The Spirit, the Spirit is God's power in and of our lives. The Spirit lives in us. The Spirit changes us from within and it helps us to produce fruit. The Spirit enables us to become more like Jesus Christ. This is the guarantee that Paul talks about. And so this is encouragement today. Because as we approach the, the Christmas holiday, as we uh, get right into the, 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 the depths of this giving season, I want you to be reminded that God has given you every spiritual blessing you can think of. And I don't want you to lose sight of the fact that in all that, out of all that, everything that's going on, all of the Christmas parties and this, that, and the other, uh, God is giving you more than you can buy for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, he's giving you his divine favor. That's a blessing. Yeah. He's generous with his grace. Yeah. You can't beat God giving. Yeah. He, he gives you more than you can yeah. think or imagine. He's generous with his grace and mercy. But lastly, you are a recipient of his divine approval. Paul says he has blessed us in the heavenly realm with every spiritual blessing. But I'm going to close with Paul suggests here, if you don't notice it, if you haven't read this text before, Paul is suggesting that there ought to be a sense of urgency in your praise. There ought to be some Thankfulness packed into your worship. In other words, Paul says you have been blessed by the best. You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Paul gives a whole list of reasons you ought to give God praise today. You are divinely favored and chosen by God. That's more than seven, but I'm going to call a few of them out just before we go home. You are divinely favored and chosen by God. You are, beloved, predestined and adopted into divine covenant with God as a son or daughter of God. That's a blessing. You are, you are given generous grace by God. That's a blessing. But here's another one. You are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of God. That's a good one. You are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of God. That blood that was shed on Calvary. That's the blood that redeems and forgives us of our sin. We are, then we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. I, I, that's, I don't know about you, but again, that's more than I can bargain for. These are the spiritual blessings to be glad about this morning. It's easy to shout about the physical stuff. It's easy to shout about material things, but if there is anybody in the house today that, that glad about the spiritual blessings that God bestowed upon us, Anybody glad about everything that God bestows upon us? I, I, I got more than I bargained for because I, I just wanted to be saved, but God gave me so much more. When, when I was growing up, y'all told me about salvation, but you didn't tell me about all this. 
I, I, I've got more than I bargained for. In other words, as the old song says, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry from the waters lifted deep, now saved and I. That's more than I could have bargained for. The song, the song goes on to say, Look, Johnny Henderson being brought to you by the Little Zion Missionary Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. Connect with them by visiting their website, lzmbc.net. Pastor Henderson, Lady Henderson, and the Little Zion family want to thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you will not miss a moment of power.